1: Hey guys, I'm site and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. On the channel, you can find podcasts, content and interview on all sorts of subjects. We've got podcasts on mental health, wrestling, football, serial killers, films, TV, music, pretty much got it all. And uh, we have three new shows every week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as well as uh, extra content now and again when there's wrestling pay-per-views or UFC pay-per-views and then new guests Every week. So recently, we've had Brett Johns of the UFC, uh, Paddy the Baddy Bimlet of Cage Warriors, and uh, a few others to come in the works, as it were. And uh, today, I'm joined for a, a, an on-the-fly podcast. No preparation. Hmm. Just last minute to dive on, so we'll have some fun. Could go anywhere. And uh, I'm joined by Fightful.com managing editor, the man with the second-best hair, on this current podcast, and uh, also the tallest man in
0: wrestling journalism, Mr. Sean Rossap. Welcome, buddy. How's it going, man? Glad, glad to be back here. Glad we can make this happen, even on short notice.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Well, that's what I said to you uh, the other week, because I knew like a busy time of year anyway, and I said, uh, yeah. obviously, it's like wrestling every single day, so you're busy. So I just said, hit me up when you're free, and we'll get something going. But uh, unfortunately, because it's not many, not unfortunately, it's just it could be more fun. There's no, uh, no, no plan and no script. We'll just talk about whatever. So, uh, yeah, first thing I wanted to talk to you actually about was the uh, the change in landscape in wrestling, particularly for, for journalists and, and wrestling media, because, you know, since AEW officially launched, it's got to have been a very uh, different time for you guys.
0: Somehow, throughout all of this, I have a little bit more time off than I did previously, and I'm not exactly sure how that's worked out. Um, I I I shouldn't say more time off, more structure, because instead, you know, we cover boxing, MMA, wrestling. I can't count the number of times there was a Bellator event on Friday, there was a big UFC on Saturday, there was some sort of wrestling event Sunday. Then you got Raw Monday. Smackdown Tuesday, and that's back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back to back. At least now, I know that I – I mean, we don't do post shows for NWA Power or AEW Dark or Impact. So Tuesday nights, that, that's kind of when I get away a little bit. Thursday nights, there's not much of anything, so I'm able to do that. And you have a few Sundays a month now that do not run pay-per-views because WWE is just running one a month as opposed to – well, sometimes they're running one a month, but they're running one on Sundays per month. Uh, it's provided a little bit more structure plus quite frankly the UFC has lost a ton of buzz over the last few months it's about to pick back up but uh, it's lost a bunch of buzz and uh, it's looking to regain that so I expect my schedule to get uh, more advanced right now but I'm kind of digging it and Wednesdays are my favorite day of the week and it's it's went from one of those days where I I did listen you boy to doing like 4 hours of wrestling, two shows, two or three shows. It's nuts, but yeah, I feel there's a little bit more structure and things are spread out a little bit more. Yeah, I some
1: before they launched, I sometimes I thought I I didn't know how you were even able to get it all together, get it going because it was just non-stop wrestling events, MMA and just constant at least like you say you've got those tuesdays and thursdays but then whenever you have a day off there's always something happens anyway
0: um, and, and the sad sad reality is aew more or less replaced ring of honor like we don't have anybody asking us to do ring of honor coverage anymore yeah so a lot of what we covered in that regard is being replaced by aew now we didn't cover the show weekly like that uh we covered it in the sense of results and on the weekend or podcast, but we didn't do live post-shows. Uh, and quite frankly, ROH puts on a show every two or three months that requires a post-show. It's it's uh, an unusual transition. I thought that MLW or Impact would be the victims of AEW, but it's been ROH so far.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think the the interesting thing about that is um, I used to love Impact back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and too. then and then they just went off a cliff and i lost all interest and did, i i would watch very occasionally um and actually, I, I still
0: in, i still enjoy some of their content but but yeah i, I see what I you i actually
1: mean. enjoy since AEW, i've watched more impact than i have for a very long time yeah. things like sammy Callahan, uh Callahan and tessa blanchett have got me you know back into it um the interesting thing is for, in the uk where i am is uh that before AEW impact was the easiest wrestling to get to watch because it's on uh, just like a normal free view channel you don't have to pay for it it's, you know but everyone's got the channel or they did i'm not sure what it's on now um obviously AEW's on ITV now which is fantastic um so yeah it's interesting i mean ring of honor yeah i'm not sure where that's going i got to be honest uh, it doesn't look Promising at the moment, and when you think, all likelihood is that they're going to lose Marty Scorrel, which, who in my opinion is probably their biggest star, kind of makes you think where they're going to go from there. But they used to they used to be very good at restocking their cupboards yeah. with with young and upcoming, you know, talent with a bit of buzz. But I feel like even the guys they've brought in, like Bandido and and some others who are really good, like Jeff Cobb as well. I really enjoy their work they don't seem to have been able to get that same momentum that they were able to get previously, like when they brought in
0: Marty Scurrell or, or or others. I, I thought they were going to as well. I thought this year they did pretty good, getting PCO, Brody King, uh, Roosh, and Bandito. Bandito just hasn't clicked for me in Ring of Honor. Roosh is their champion, but still not quite on that level. PCO and Brody were, were good additions. I, I think that those were were pretty solid, but it's like, man, they, 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 it's, you can't replace the guys that they lost. You can't replace the people that they lost. And let's not forget, last year, their women's division, they lost to Neil Dashwood and Diana Perazzo, and they have not been able to replicate that either. They've not been able to restock that cupboard either. And for, for all the people that they, they've been able to bring in, Jeff Cobb was probably the best name that they brought in last year they still just haven't quite been able to get there where they need to be.
1: Yeah. I feel like the women's division, a lot of that is mismanagement of booking and they never seemed to really get behind the women's division the same way, um, impact have, or, you know, WWE have or NXT or whatever. Like it was always felt to me, at least as a viewer, like a bit of an afterthought. Um, and I feel like that harmed the way people interpreted, you know, the the women's division within Ring of Honor, um, which is a shame. Because at one point, like you say, they had um, Diana, and they had uh, Carrie Klein, and they've had Tennille Dashwood. They've had some really talented women, you know, signed, and they just haven't quite uh, utilized it to the best. I don't think the best that they way they could have, um, and I, I think ultimately that's harmed
0: the way people look at the women of honor division yeah it's been it's been relegated it's just been pushed down and down and down and i think that kelly klein is good for what they had i think that uh sumi sakai is a great worker maya iwatani is a great worker and that's it that's all you got because all due respect to amy rose gabby ortiz jenny rose uh stella gray angelina love that that ain't it uh, I, I do mandy leone not it not it maria manic could be good but they they've had her under contract for eight nine months now and she's not wrestled yet so that long yeah I, yeah I They thought... had, they signed her in like late march early april didn't debut her until late june it took them so long to debut her i thought there was like a conspiracy to feed me <clears throat> bad info because I reported this back in the spring. And then in early October, her contract was up and they forgot to re-sign her and she was able to re-sign for more money. And they, I still don't think she's wrestled. Uh, I, I can check on that, but That's yeah. It's, I
1: thought she was like a fairly recent sign-in because...
0: No, yeah, I mean,
1: fairly recent.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, she uh, <laughs> was exclusive to them once she signed and finished up her dates, so she didn't work anywhere in June, July, August, September. When her contract lapsed, she re-upped after, after they let it lapse. They forgot to, to, I can't remember what it is, renew the deal. Mm-hmm. And she was able to work it in there that she was non-exclusive. So now she's back working some indie dates too. <laughs> they um, they've, Yeah, they've had some interesting,
1: uh, interesting contract scenarios with the women, obviously with the Kelly Klein stuff, um, which i got to say, I thought you did a really good job of um, the way you dealt with Joey Ryan, uh, Joey Ryan, Joey Mercury, um, because I see he seemed as if he was very difficult to kind of, you know, get an interview with or like to speak with. You know, you could tell even by, I don't know if you saw the, the DM uh, conversation, which he
0: released, which him and Brian Alvarez had, I did, and the thing is, I even told my news team, I'm like, guys, expect my, uh, expect my conversations with Joey Mercury to be screenshotted and put out there. I mean, the last time I spoke to Joey Mercury on the phone was the day before the Kelly Klein release came out, and he knew that the release news was going to come out because he had learned about it the day before. So he was wow. very aggressive because he knew that that news was going to drop and he knew that the Newsweek story was going to come out, and um, he couldn't tell me that, (laughs) obviously, and here I I was working on another story, so it it was a very unique situation, and he didn't want me pursuing one story because this other story was coming out. It It was an interesting situation, and oh man, it's, it's, I got to handle it with kid. I got to handle it carefully, obviously.
1: Yeah, I'm going to ask, how difficult is that when the person who you're kind of interviewing or speaking to um, and you're in, you know, you're writing a story, which you know is quite, you know, breaking news, if you like, how difficult is that when the person that you're speaking to is, is difficult or aggressive, but you know, you've kind of got to, you know, you've got to speak to them and you've got to get that information to to get your story
0: right. It's happened a lot with this situation in particular because you have Joey Mercury saying this. Uh, I have—I don't want to say I've been friendly with BJ Whitmer and Kelly Klein, but I, I've never been not friendly. They're from my area geographically. They're—they're they're from Kentucky. I met them at an MMA event years ago, so I was able to reach out to them and say, "Hey, can I get any confirmations?" And of course, they didn't want to go on the record about about a lot of this stuff because they had to handle it. Mercury. And and I chalked it up to Mercury being Mercury and being volatile. But when then I found out that Kelly Klein was being fired and that he knew that, I was like, okay, that makes that and that makes a lot more sense that he was upset in speaking to me because he couldn't put that news out there yet. Yeah. He wasn't just he wasn't able to put that out there. But then there was the TK O'Ryan situation. TK O'Ryan is a wrestler from Ring of Honor who had been dealing with a concussion. I reached out to him two, three weeks before the Newsweek story dropped because I wanted his response. Well, he went to Twitter and said, nobody asked me. And I was like, well, yeah, I did. He was upset because months and months and months ago, I did an interview with him. And on the title, I put shoot interview. Well, the reason I do that is for search engine optimization because – It might pop up in somebody's recommended videos if they're watching a TK Orion match or if they're watching something with Ring of Honor or if they're watching other shoot interviews. I want that to come up. He was out of character and and that was that. But it was nothing malicious, but maybe he took it maliciously. Uh, I explained it to him. He was fine after that. We talked briefly. We were supposed to talk again, but it never ended up happening. Then there was another situation in which was really going to pull some covers for Ring of Honor. And the person gave me a lot of information, showed me emails, showed me a lot of stuff. Um, And all of a sudden, the day before it was going to publish, the person contacted me and they said, if you run the report, I can't have my name attached to it. I don't want that anymore. And without their name attached to it, I couldn't run the report. It was that crucial to the story. So there are a lot of moving, there's a lot of moving parts in situations like that and Especially when you've got multiple people in the office, you've got multiple people implicated. You've got people that are speaking up for other people. It is that—that that was easily the messiest situation I've dealt with in that regard. Yeah, it sounds like a bit of a nightmare. To be fair, um,
1: so the the interesting thing with that last uh, the last part with that story with where they changed their mind.
0: What would have happened if you know you'd published it a day earlier? Like. I don't know. And I think that maybe there was some frustration on their part that I didn't do it earlier. Oh, right. Okay. Because they, they sent me these emails and stuff like that. And some information was blocked out. Dates, uh, particular email addresses. Well, in that situation, I have to make sure that those are legit. I can't have somebody blacking out the, the name or, or the email address and just having like, for example, Sean Sapp in the the... The send line, like that, doesn't work yeah. for me. You could, I could write your email dr- address underneath that. So I had to have that, and they were like, "Oh, you don't believe me," and I was like, "Well, it's not that. Whether I believe you or not, I have to see this, and I need to see some timestamps, and I need to see some information that is pertinent to this story for me to verify it." And uh, it took me about it took me about five or six days to get the verified info, and I reached out to a person in question and they talked to me off the record about it. They wouldn't talk to me on the record. And then the next day, the person that I was originally in contact uh, with, who the story was about, uh, said, hey, I don't want my name attached to this. I don't want to do it. It'd be more positive than negative. No good would come of it. So I was like, okay. And, um, and unfortunately, it's, it's got to just, it's got to sit there now.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I'm i sure uh, around wrestling media there's a lot of people uh who would a lot of sites would have run it anyway Um, and it's one of the reasons why fight for is my place to go um just because you like to as a journalist should you had like to have several sources or verification of your information because that's what a journalist should do like i didn't go to journalism school or anything like that but even i know that um And I feel like maybe some sites would have run it anyway. You know, you can tell that just by some of the articles you see around social media. Um, And I spoke, funny enough, I spoke to a a former BBC and ITV journalist this morning um, just about the general media and, uh, you know, and how certain uh, large corporations don't feel trustworthy anymore in terms of what they're reporting and things like fake news. So we have a very interesting conversation. But she, again, said pretty much exactly what you just said. She won't run anything. She won't publish an article unless she's got at least two or three sources to verify the information because that's what a journalist should do. Um, So, yeah, I was going to move the conversation on to kind of (laughs) uh, other, other, like not other journalists, but like the kind of clickbaity, sites and journalists but i think i'm going to stay away from that because i don't want to give i don't want to give them the the
0: well i i don't the thing is i don't mind that i see what they're doing i see a lot of stuff what they do and there are stuff there are websites like that that to some degree help promote what we do but they there's also some that misrepresent what we do as well and the thing i've noticed the most is there's only a few of those left there's not that many left anymore, and it used to be everybody did that except for two or three. Yep. Now it's the opposite. Now you've got like, uh, for example, I'll, I'll be quite blunt. Uh, a lot of people say that that's what Wrestle Talk does. Wrestle Talk was in preliminary conversations with me to bring me on uh, in the summer. They they wanted to make an effort to kind of improve their profile in that regard. Uh, Wrestling Inc. has spoken to me several times about that. And they've got people like Nick Housman who go out and do a lot of interviews on their own. And there's wrestlingnews.co that just hired Kelsey, who does a lot of that stuff. Uh, There's like Talk Sport, who has Alex McCarthy, who's awesome. Uh, Even Barstool. Robbie Fox interviews wrestlers all the time. And it's really great stuff. And I'm not meaning to slight anybody. Like Pro Wrestling Sheet has a lot of good stuff. Bell to bells does exclusive stuff all the time like that. That makes me happy that more people are going out and doing this. And a lot of people will say, well, won't that cut into your, your your traffic or cut into this ultimately? No, because we aggregate stuff too. And the more good news that's out there and the more responsible media that's out there, the more comfortable that wrestling companies will be with wrestling media and the more comfortable they are the more stories that we get I think the more the merrier in that regard and honestly when you got people that do the clickbaity stuff it just makes us look a little bit better when we reach out to these people and we say hey we're giving you an opportunity to tell your story
1: yeah absolutely I mean what you reached out over the last sort of year or so you reached out to Leo Rush you reached out to Corey Graves Um, I think there was another one as well where where people had reported, you know, stuff which was a bit clickbaity, Rollins, and you reached out to them. They spoke to you on the record. Um, And I have to say, it really uh, warmed my heart as a a wrestling fan and a fan of Fightful, followed since the beginning of, you know, when you first started. When I saw you guys in Toronto, you know, backstage or whatever or interviewing all the you know all the WWE stars because that's how we want wrestling media to be is to have access to those people the same way other sports you know soccer American football baseball basketball you know all these sports have access to the teams and the 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 players the coaches to do interviews and content and ultimately that's where we want wrestling to go or certainly with the WWE, because I think that most other companies are a bit more uh, yeah, helpful. They, they
0: are. Most of them are. But the, I can tell you this as we filmed this, I was at WrestleCade and I can't tell you the number of wrestlers and companies that said, oh, we want more coverage. The coverage needs to be uh, more plentiful. And then they ghost me when yeah. it's time to do the interview. Is that right? I halfway think that we got approved by the WWE stuff by accident do because you? we have a studio in Toronto. And I hit them up, and I was just diligent about it. I was like, we have a studio in Toronto. I would love to have some people in studio. I had a lot of wrestlers go to bat for me. I don't call in those favors very much. When I'm asking somebody for info, I don't even call that a favor. When I ask them to go to PR and say, listen, he's not going to screw us over in that regard, that, I call that a favor. And I had a lot of people that went to bat for me. But then I got a message from their local PR handler who just handles stuff when they're in town. And they invited me to the junkets. When I was there, the main PR person that I usually deal with, maybe they weren't watching me like a hawk, but it sure felt like it. And they were watching like Big E come up and say, hey, Sean, how are you? They were watching Becky Lynch come up and say, hi, Sean, how are you? People that knew me, yeah. but I don't correspond with these people. That's the thing. I've, I've never talked to Becky Lynch about a story. I've never talked to Big E about a story. And I got the feeling that WWE didn't hate what I was doing because I didn't ask like tough questions. I was pretty lighthearted in that sense. I- I'm at their junket. They're putting it on. So it's not I'm not gonna get out and get on the interview and be like, Charlotte Flair, what do you think about Saudi Arabia? Aren't you pissed you can't wrestle yeah. there? That's not the purpose of that. If I get it's a awesome. one-on-one interview with her on my own time, that's that's what that's for. But um I get the feeling that after feeding me 20 to 25 names, they didn't want me to develop 20 to 25 more sources. And <laughs> I think that's probably where we are because I did not get invited to Orlando mm. when they did the the junket for NXT the night that AEW debuted. I did not get invited to any of the 2K stuff, which is okay because um, I think that's mainly gamer stuff. But I, I was on the press list for all the other 2K stuff. I did not get invited to anything for the SmackDown debut. And the thing is, I would have went to all three of them. I'll travel yeah. wherever the content is. But I think I think it might have been done on accident, to be honest mm. with you. I mean, that's a shame because I thought that yeah. you
1: guys did a great job with the content. And what I like about what you do is, and I think it's tougher than perhaps what people think is instead of It must be very tempting or very easy to fall into a trap of when you're there asking questions about the there and now, the current situation, the current storylines, the current events. But what you do is you try and get evergreen content, which you can store and keep up for months and months. Um, And I think that's real clever. Um, I've started to try and do that now where I'm trying to collect a few shows for over December. So you're trying to speak to people about stuff, which is a bit more general. So like this yeah. show here, for instance, I'll probably keep for a couple of weeks and say for over like just before Christmas or just after. But I mean, I think you do Fightful and you do that quite well because you obviously you cut them up sometimes and you put them through less sure. your boy.
0: It's, uh, it's a good use of content. So, yeah, that's, um, that's the way I look at it is I got to maximize this stuff because we are not a YouTube channel that has 100,000 views or 100,000 subscribers. We are not the top visited wrestling website. So if I, for example, I was in Toronto in August. I got that Matt Hardy stuff. He was not on TV. I knew he wasn't going to be on TV for a long time. I was like, okay, I'm not going to ask him about anything modern. Like right now, I'm going to ask him about stuff that I can put in the can. It will be just as useful outside of the weather behind us just as useful in three months when he comes back as it is right now. So I release the video, you know, maybe it gets a thousand views, but we syndicate it on List and Your Boy, which will probably do another 10,000 views, downloads, whatever it may be across the, the various channels that we have. Oh, then we get two or three articles out of it. But before we get two or three articles out of it, those go up early access on FightfulSelect.com. Before they go up on FightfulSelect.com, they might be posted as news bits on fightfulselect.com. And even then we take that because it's an exclusive to us. And we include that in our fightful wrestling weekly column, which is just our exclusive info. So I get like four or five, maybe six uses out of every single interview. Uh, I just, I got to maximize that stuff because we are a very, very small team. Relatively speaking, there are a lot of, these wrestling websites that have 10, 11, 12 people. We're pretty much five guys running this. There's me, Carlos, Jeremy, and Rob, primarily. The rest of the people are on podcasts. It's us four uh, and David T's running like three, four different websites at this point. So uh, you got to maximize your content. And if you're not going to put it out immediately, don't ask things that will date the content in my, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think
1: it's, like I say, I think it's very clever. And uh, I say those four or five guys are all top, top guys. Really, uh, every conversation I've, I haven't spoken to Rob, but I've spoken to, I've obviously Jeremy's come on the podcast uh, Mm -hmm. and we had a real good time. We had a real good conversation. And uh, I speak to him quite a lot. Um, I speak, I've spoken to Carlos on Twitter a couple of times. He's actually one of the few, which I haven't had on uh, my show, him and uh, Alex, like my final final two. Oh, Get the, Carlos
0: uh, is great Carlos is is a really great story because um I, I didn't know him before Fightful and I think he like created a podcast just to interview me about the launch of Fightful afterwards he hit me up and he was like hey uh you need some help doing anything and I was like yeah honestly what are your specialties and he said boxing and I was like okay that's that's my deficiency let's pick it up And we're talking about a kid who is still in college at that point, working his ass off. And then I would get these, I would get people in the media like reporting back to me from Barclays and they're like, Carlos Toro, is he one, is he one of your guys? And I'm like, yeah, he is. Uh, What about him? They're like, oh, he was great at this media scrum. He was great at this junket. Uh, While all these old white guys were in the corner, he was over there speaking Spanish to somebody uh, getting the, getting the story on something. He's bilingual. I'm able to offer him up as an interviewer to like MLW or Impact whenever, or AEW. Say Pentagon needs some press. Well, Carlos Toro speaks Spanish and he can translate it to English and tell you the story exactly as Pentagon's telling you, uh, not through Google Translate or anything like that. He knows boxing, he knows MMA, he knows wrestling. He can podcast, he can interview he can edit stuff he can he's very good and not only that i mean i would say his deficiency early on was his complete grasp on the english language and it's come so far in 3 years uh that guy that guy is a story you put in the work you're consistent and and you you reap the rewards and yeah he's he's one of our full timers now and he's awesome yeah i am um, i really enjoy his podcasts as well um, when he does the
1: boxing, like post shows and stuff, big fan. Um, so, what was I going to say? So, one other thing that I was going to ask you about was um, it's, it's, it's a subject that I begrudgingly ask you in some ways because when I, I dread Thursday or Friday when the, the ratings come out for the yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday Night Wars and everyone goes a bit crazy. But um, th- I think there was a story this week because AEW took a big drop. Um, and yeah. it was the biggest gap between NXT and and AEW in terms of you know where NXT uh, had the more viewers. And um, do you think that's a one-off, and it's just you know because of Thanksgiving and and things like that, or do you think that could
0: be potentially be linked to the actual content of the show? Well, I thought the AEW sucked last week. I thought it was really bad. I think they need to switch a few things up. But it's hard for me to tell because we've had a couple weeks back-to-back that are, that are I don't want to say outliers, but you had a lot of main roster stars on NXT two weeks ago. And then uh, last week, it was the night before Thanksgiving. Anybody who, and some people were like, oh, you're partial to AEW. I don't care who wins. I do not care who wins. I hope they both do 10 million viewers next week because I want them to come watch my post show. Uh, I the more people that watch each show, the better. But uh, AEW skews younger, and here in the states, the night before Thanksgiving is the biggest party night of the year, bar none. The biggest party night of the year. However, we are coming off of uh, not not sur- coming off of Survivor Series, but yeah, we were coming off of uh, Survivor Series and and all that, and getting a little bit more uh, a little bit more hype for NXT. They got put over pretty hard. So I don't know how that will last this week with no holiday, uh, no presumably WWE talent. We're not coming off a Survivor Series. I think the next two weeks are the best The best uh, way that we can tell how things will go moving forward. Yeah, I am. Um,
1: I agree, actually, with you, um, with AEW. For last week i enjoyed the chris jericho segment at the very start of the show although i thought it went a bit too long um and i enjoyed the john moxley kind of thing right at the end where he, he i liked that they didn't you know fully interact it was just the stare down from a distance just to tease it um yeah but uh, the majority of the stuff in the middle i kind of could have taken all left and that's the first time uh in all the AEW shows where I've, if I had been watching on uh, like Sky or whatever, I would have fast forwarded through some of it. So it was bad. Some of it was
0: just flat out
1: bad, man. So that's not a habit which they want to uh, find. Um, And what I do think is since that first week of, where the first week NXT went up against AEW, it felt like they were trying to counter AEW. since that second week after that, I feel like nXt has concentrated solely on what they want to do and the stories they want to tell hasn't been perfect, but I feel like since they focused on themselves and not a e w and not worrying about you know what they're doing in terms of the storytelling, I feel like their shows got better and most weeks, I enjoy nXt more, which is really weird because I tend to watch. AEW w first but i each week when they're finished i think like when you like you guys do the podcast you go which one you know in one word who do you think was better or what do you think was better and most weeks it is nxt
0: generally yeah but that's 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 what got on my nerves when people are like oh you're making excuses for aew Mm -hmm. i'm like okay well i can tell they don't watch our show because at the end or sometimes the beginning just to generate some conversation, I go through and I say, Alex, one word who won Warren, one word who won. And all but one week of this entire Wednesday night war, we have said NXT. Now the thing is only one week have we said, boy, that AEW show was bad. So that should tell you about the quality that we're getting on Wednesday nights. You know, you mentioned like AEW needing to change some things there's more character development and story on dark than there is their actual show and i get it you want to give the live crowd an actual show you don't want to show them videos the whole time but there's got to be a way to figure that out there's got to be a way to do that to where you can run some of the great features that you have on dark on on the, the main show and a little bit of a Quiet scoop that I won't put out there uh publicly yet, but it will be out soon. Britt Baker had to fly herself to Atlanta to film that that vignette before the be a Priestley match. She was like, it needed something. I needed something. She told Jeremy Lambert she flew the flew herself up there. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. But it's it's that's disappointing
1: as well because I do feel that, you know, it's a brand new wrestling show. You know, what is it? 7 weeks old now or 8 weeks old something like that um in terms of you know from where they started their tv product they a lot of these ca- a lot of the characters are unknown to the audience you have to mm-hmm. develop them you have and even the ones that people are familiar with they're different to their previous iterations that people would have seen so you have to show the audience why and you know vignettes are the best way of doing it uh promos maybe Need I think, I don't think they do enough promos outside of Jericho and Cody. Um, I also think it's not helping that the young bucks keep losing, Pentagon and Phoenix have lost several times. These are your big stars, and they're losing too much for me. Um, people want winners, people want to watch yeah. winners. We discussed that on uh, the last time you were on, didn't we? That you know, basically, yeah. like a losing streak can work, you know, yeah. But I think generally people want to support people who win and are successful. Like if, if,
0: if John Cena came back tomorrow and went on a losing streak and then he was like, damn, I've been gone for a year. I came back. I can't win. Maybe I don't have it anymore. And, like, say he loses to Humberto Carrillo. That's a big-ass win for Humberto Carrillo. He shouldn't get it. He's not ready. But say you have somebody that is ready. Ricochet. There you go. Ricochet. And he's like, oh, this is an outlier. This is an outlier. But no, he keeps losing. He keeps losing. And he's like, well, maybe I don't have it anymore. And then he starts winning again. Maybe he he finds a way to win the Royal Rumble or he finds a way to win Elimination Chamber, finds a way to get there. And he becomes like almost an underdog, a celebrity underdog. There's a story to be told there. But I don't know that anybody loves 50-50. Unless you're doing like a best of seven like the old Booker T series. Sure. Maybe that works, but everybody expects that to be 50, 50. I, I, I want to watch winners and unless you've got Conor McGregor charisma, then, yeah. then you can get away with it. And funny
1: enough, like with them, the young bucks is they tell me every week on commentary that they're the best tag team in the world yet. They keep losing. So if I've never seen the young bucks and I'm not familiar with their Ring of Honor and their New Japan work, and be, I don't watch Being the Elite. I'm thinking, well, that doesn't correlate with what you're telling me. There's a disconnect from the commentary, and I do think that commentary is a problem for AEW. I think JR should be just doing the main events because I think
0: he does more harm than good throughout the show. Um, the, I most think- over, the most over team in the company is probably Jurassic Express, and they're like 0-4. Wow. That, that's madness. Yeah.
1: Because if yeah, you they, think of over Luchasauruses and jungle Jack Perry as J.R. Yeah. likes to call him, you know, it's that's and that's a pro the that's the one problem with the you know, the wins and losses being tracked as they are, is every time they come up on screen you have the people's favourites or people who they're trying to push and you see how many times they've lost. And at the moment it feels like a lot of the the big names or the most over names have lost maybe a bit too much um yeah i like i would have protected pentagon and phoenix a lot more because i feel like they could they both
0: as a tag team and singer single stars uh, top stars four um, and four four shit. and four as a tag team pentagon is five and six uh phoenix a little bit better i would imagine because he beat He beat Nick Jackson a while back, but man.
1: See, my problem with that as well – sorry to interrupt you. My problem with that is um, that outside of the Young Bucks, uh, there's not really another tag – maybe Private Party, who are like a young up-and-coming team. Those other tag teams, I don't feel like they should be beating Pentagon and Phoenix at this point. So you've got like Jurassic Express. Yes, they're over. I don't know if I'd want them beating the top stars yet, but I yeah. think there's a story to be told later on with them doing it. Uh, the best friends, I kind of, whilst they're amazing workers and they're very entertaining, they're more of like that comedy team. But you know, maybe I'm wrong with that. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh with that. The Dark Order, obviously, are, are being re-rebooted re- and repackaged a little bit now.
0: Interested um, in them?
1: Yeah, I'm now now they've that, repackaged now. them. I'm really interested in them. Um, I thought the debut of, Bo- of Boris the Blade. I was going to say then <laughs> it's not Boris the Blade. That's of men. Butcher in Black and the Blade. Butcher and the Blade. Um, I thought that fell real flat.
0: Did um, they, they debut so many people the same way? Like yeah. If if I was just watching flipping the channel, I'd be like, what are Dark Order doing out there? That's what I would say. They're too similar to the Dark Order as far as aesthetic and and all that and uh also it does bug me a little bit that a few years ago silas young was the most original looking guy in wrestling and now there's like a hundred people people. running around looking like silas young with the mustache and and all that stuff a little bit different here but but yeah and their women's division is another issue because they've got this need like they're they have to have a japanese wrestler wrestle a match every single week in their women's division. And I feel like to some degree, it has been at the expense of the rest of the division. We don't need to see Emi Sakura out there all the time. We don't. Uh, Hikaru Shida and Riho should be the two Japanese talent they are are most focused on in that regard. And they got to give you a reason to care about a lot of these other people. They signed a whole lot of people that were either green or not good for that division and they had to make up for it in a hurry they had to sign Shanna uh Chris Stratlander and Big Swole and thank god they did because they needed those three names I it like I just look up and down that roster and I'm like okay I see what you got got awesome Kong she's got a name she's on TV she can't work anymore Allie was very protected by a lot of different things Uh, Brandy, we're not going to ever say that she's the greatest worker in the real world, but I think she's a fantastic talker. Nyla Rose, very green. She'll get there. Leva Bates, bless her, one of the nicest people. Not good. Not good. Uh, Penelope Ford still needs some work. She's green. Sadie Gibbs is going to get there. She's going to be great. But that's, that's over half the division. Britt Baker had never worked TV regularly. She had never worked in developmental. And she's thrust into the main spot. That's that's tough, man. Like you got to get some experience in there, and unfortunately for them, that's in short supply, at least as far as national television goes.
1: Yeah, and they've got um, like the likes of Sadie Gibbs, Britt Baker, those those girls. They they um, they could be something special. I feel if they are treated right and they're booked right and they you hide their negatives and you know, bring out their positives. I feel that they can be something special in the future, but they're not ready now to be the the complete top main star of the women's division. Um And that's an issue for them. Uh, I also think it hurts them that they have one women's match per week. Um I know yeah. they have some on the dark as well, but like, I feel like it, it you know, you don't need to be formatted to one women's match a week. If the story's there, tell a couple. It just uh, yeah yeah. And I don't want I don't want people to think like I'm shitting all over AEW like for the last twenty minutes. I'm because I've loved AEW. Um uh, Wednesday nights are awesome and I think it's an Lots amazing of good stuff. amazing, Lots amazing of good stuff. time. It's an amazing time to be a wrestling fan, but there are things that I think they're not doing as well as they could. Um, and that's only because I want them to do well. I want them, sure. to be, you know, um, so I can't do a wrestling podcast without talking, you know, who let's talk some Bray Wyatt. Come on. So, uh, oh, you know, I love talking to uh, a bit of the fiend and Bray, but uh, actually I'm going to start with, uh, with Matt Hardy. Do you watch the free, the delete, uh, YouTube videos he's been putting out?
0: Oh, every, every one of them. I really
1: do. I only discovered them. Um, I've only so I've only seen like the last few, um, but the last one he put out the most recent is really interesting because it's got like um, he he's taking the water out of the lake of reincarnation and you've got like the voices saying let me in and you know strong hints towards uh, Bray um, and I, I think his uh, I assume it was re, uh, Rebbie was playing uh, on the piano the Bray's. Theme song in the background while they were, those voices were, you know, coming from the lake. And uh, I was thought to myself, wow, he's so creative and they are just wasting him. He could, I feel like they could do a good little program of broken Matt Hardy versus the Fiend, even if it was like literally over the Christmas period where, you know, people are out with their family and stuff. You could do a month long program where he comes back as broken Matt Hardy, as like this purveyor of light against evil. And I think it would get over. You could tell the story. They could have used these free the delete videos as vignettes to kind of slowly build it up and add to them with things like, you know, Bray went into the lake of reincarnation at the final deletion and all this kind of stuff. I just feel like Matt has got so much to give. Um, and it's very clear from his Twitter that he wants to work with Bray Wyatt.
0: Yeah, everything that I've heard is that if Matt doesn't get some good creative stuff to do, he'll probably leave. And I've had a lot of people say, well, where? AEW? No, I don't know where. And I don't think he needs AEW to be creative. No, he's You want to cool. talk about a shot in the arm for another company? Uh, Impact could use him. The Ring of Honor sure as hell could use him. Just his name. And he won't have Jeff around. During that period, Jeff's deal extends another year. I think they could have done that, especially over the Christmas period, as you mentioned, because they do a lot of stopgap stuff there. But I don't think they will now that he lost to Buddy Murphy. Unless they have him snap, then they they might have a little bit of something. And the story's built in there. I just don't think they will. Yeah, they they in fact that would be perfect, wouldn't
1: it? You could you could probably have him lose again on Monday to you know. Uh, Umberto Carrillo or whoever, Ricochet, and then have him snap and do like a do the broken angle, but do it kind of relatively quick. Don't drag it out for weeks and weeks. And then you could go into that with Bray. Um, they I do think they I think they've slowly real over the, this last week and maybe the week before, they've realized that they, uh, they kind of. They were just doing the same thing with the with the Fiend and the, the Firefly Funhouse. It was the same every week. Um, it was kind of a segment, and then he would attack. It was just repeat. It was monotonous. Um, whereas last week, I thought it was very interesting on SmackDown. They had three different segments, um, which went through the show, and then you had the, the, the shearing of the hair, I, I guess. Um, so I saw an interesting uh, video on YouTube. I forget who it was. I think it was wrestling days, maybe, but they speculated that the very last scene of SmackDown. So, you know, when he was in the ring and he was yeah. ripping up all the hair and then the very last scene, Bray goes down under the ring and then it comes up and the fiend is there and it's the, it's the camera zooms in on his face. And they speculated that the face that they zoom in on at the end is not Bray because it's got like female eyelashes and stuff. Obviously mm-hmm. the, the rumors were Liv Morgan and stuff. Um, and I thought one of the things which Bray has done so well with this character, with the, particularly with the Firefly Fun Houses is he's left things to the imagination or for people to work out for themselves, the Easter eggs and the different things yeah. that he puts in the promos. You're rewarded for, if you watch Bray Wyatt from, three years ago, you're awarded for that by the Huskis, the pig or the, you know, the rambling rabbit characters, because you know why those characters are what they are. Um, and I always that. that is, you know, I want to be rewarded for watching every week with continuity and stuff like this. But yeah. um, equally I thought, well, if that was a female at the end and it was like, and they didn't, you know, rub it in your face and say, Oh my God, it's a female fiend. Oh my God. It's, It'd be very interesting if they did do that without saying anything um I had a look at the screenshot, and I' gotta say it does look a bit like there's um those eyelashes do look female, should we say um but I just think I don't think w w e could help themselves to not bring it to attention, whether it's on social media or digital or on the show itself and say, Oh, is that another fiend or is that someone else with a fiend mask um So, yeah, that's an interesting... Do you think Liv Morgan will go with The Fiend?
0: Well, she shouldn't because that's a SmackDown thing and she's on Raw. And it would just be them bastardizing that even more. Although, they could say, and I'm still waiting for them to make sense of this, Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, um, who else? Uh, Nikki Cross. And they could say Sheamus. We're all a part of that deal where yeah. SmackDown got the rights to pick Sheamus and then they got those three other people for Brock Lesnar. I don't. I think they would beat you over the goddamn head with it. Oh, my God. Those are female eyelashes. Wow. That's what I think they'd do. And yeah, they that's happen, unfortunate so. because I love subtlety. I love subtle things, and we just we just never see them.
1: Absolutely. Okay so um for the last uh well we got a bit of time anyway um so who do you think who do you think is going to win the royal rumble for the women not it's who you e- want to who you think they will I
0: winning. think it'll either be okay so they got this tag title gimmick right which keeps everybody on both shows yada yada I wonder if they'll find a way to parlay that into uh, th- one of three things either a horsewoman four way, which should main event WrestleMania, a returning Ronda Rousey, or Rhea Ripley. If you can't get Rousey, do the horsewoman. If you can't find a way to do that and make sense of it, do Rhea Ripley. Uh, Rhea Ripley's over big time. She's going to be a big star. And you could say, oh, too much too soon. No, she's made forever. She's made forever if she does that. But uh, yeah, I, I've heard people speculate that maybe Rhonda and Becky is the way to go, and that's that's a legit big match.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, th- um, I think I would love to see Rhea Ripley versus Becky one-on-one, main, like main event, WrestleMania, or even if it doesn't go yeah. on last, I think that would be incredible. Um, and I tend to agree with you um the only other option i or not the other option the the only way i could one of the ways i could see them going is i could see them going with shayna to face Becky. um i've got a feeling that an NXT person will win either the male or the female uh rumble yeah. this year i do think they'll go with at least one personally i'd go with both but that's just me who would they'll, you would work- probably do
0: that to establish that yeah yeah, yeah probably to establish because hey, the Royal Rumble is probably going to be a lot more packed this year. But now I think that's something that they'll do. Plus, you know, WWE, they never like putting the Royal Rumble winners in the actual main event anyway. Very rarely does that happen. Almost feels like almost never does it happen. But I think they'll do it. And then that person will face probably Adam Cole at WrestleMania and get their NXT title match. But they'll, they'll use it. To abandon the brand split, they'll be like, Oh, well, they're going to show up on Raw or SmackDown and tease the fact that they can be in it. Oh, uh, yeah. So, or that they can pick whoever they want. But yeah, um, yeah, I think that it, it'll be an NXT name as well. Yeah, just because it legitimizes
1: NXT further, doesn't it? As that is on equal footing with Raw and SmackDown, which I think they do need to do. They do need to keep doing it for the time being uh, just to make sure people realize that you know, it's on USA, it's, you know, it's the same as Raw and SmackDown. Um, who would you have win the male uh, Rumble?
0: If we're going with an NXT name, I mean, Matt Riddle seems like an easy bet, but he's not the guy they're pushing real hard right now. Champa, Probably Champa, because he never lost his title. And that's an easy way to set that up. I would have Adam Cole avoid him at all costs. I would have something prevent Ciampa from getting a title shot, and then he comes back and he wins the Rumble. If you're doing an NXT name. If you're doing a name in general, mm, who would I have? I'd probably have Braun because I think he should be a big star. But, Two yeah, years ago, he should have been, shouldn't he? Yeah, he sh- he should have been, he should have headlined WrestleMania 2018. Can't even remember what headlined that.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I agree with you about Braun completely. When he was having that feud with Roman Reigns, was unbelievable. They, they was
0: so over, and they yeah, just... it was Les Lesnar and Reigns headlined at WrestleMania. For the it should have, should have been Lesnar and Strowman. Should have been Lesnar and Strowman or Strowman versus reigns because Strowman versus reigns at that point in some sort of big match would have been main event worthy because they had a great feud before that instead braun was teaming with nicholas oh. nicholas Jesus. meanwhile they could have done brock and nakamura they could have done brock and aj they could have done any number of things and they did not so they didn't
1: Uh, If I was doing the male rumble, um, I would go with. So if it was an NXT name, I would go with Riddle. But like you say, it's clear they they're not there with him at the moment because just by the way they portrayed him during the Survivor Series, all the run-ins, he was kind of. I don't want to say an afterthought, but they didn't kind of focus on him, as you know, he was Keith Lee who was doing the flips over the ropes on Raw, and. And it was Adam Cole cutting the
0: promos or doing the matches. And I don't think a title match is the money match for Matt Riddle. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Or, or Brock Lesnar or Goldberg, Goldberg is the match. Specifically Goldberg. That is the WrestleMania match to do. And if I were WWE, I would consider maybe not doing it at WrestleMania, maybe doing it at Takeover. Because imagine that crowd just eating Goldberg alive. And if Goldberg embraced it and he was a heel, ooh, that's a special moment. That's such a special moment because Goldberg is a special kind of asshole. Oh, yeah. He really is. I fully believe that Goldberg thinks that he can beat up Matt Riddle in real life. (laughs) I think that he thinks that. He cannot. And I think everybody else believes that. It believes that he believes that as well. It's just that he can't. He can't. He'll get hit with one liver kick and shit his pants (laughs) for the duration of the match. Pardon the language. It's okay. It's okay. I, um, I would like to see Goldberg versus Riddle. And
1: now that you've said that, I want it on TakeOver and not WrestleMania because that would be a special, special atmosphere. The heat... Jesus would be unbelievable Um, so I yeah I think in the rumble I'd have uh, maybe Goldberg come in relatively late cleaning house just maybe him and a couple of others in the ring then you have Riddle come out like 28 or something and you have the face off in the ring yeah and then you have Riddle either Riddle eliminates him and that's what it's kind of instigate his bit like he's bitter and he turns heel at some point but that, that's between Rumble and that's simple.
0: Brilliant, easy setup. Brilliant. Cool. I like it. Yeah, and, 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 you know, Goldberg could turn heel right then and yeah. just attack and beat the shit out of Matt Riddle. Yeah. And I mean, you could say he's suspended for a month or two months or whatever it is. Keep him off TV until you need him back on TV. You could keep Riddle off TV until you needed it. And then when Goldberg shows back up, Matt Riddle's music hits. Or Goldberg can go... To full sale. Imagine Goldberg at full sale. Jesus, the heat there. I mean, if they're trying to portray this, and because Goldberg doesn't belong to a brand. No.
1: Yeah. No, he doesn't. And the other thing as well is what you could do is what you said there is if Goldberg's suspended because after he get after Riddle chucks him out, he gets back in the ring, he just eliminates Riddle, destroys him with a chair or something, you know, hinges him, and then. He suspended for a month to get him off TV. Get him, you know, because he does not there every week. What you then could do is have Riddle start, not yeah. You could have Riddle start squashing people and counting the streak that he's on in the build up to WrestleMania, with him kind of mocking uh, Goldberg and hitting the Brain Buster and beating opponents, you know, quickly, kind of taking uh, taking a piss out of Goldberg, basically. And is you know the streak he had in WCW, but you know the stories are endless of what you could tell. Um, but going back to my original point, um, if I was going to go with an NXT name, I'd probably go with Champa, maybe Gargano. But I think ultimately my choice for the Rumble winner for the males would be Aleister Black to go against the Fiend.
0: They haven't ruined him yet. They haven't ruined him yet. No, he hasn't lost to a bunch finisher. of people. Uh, his striking so is really good. I, w- I would have them. I would have him do a, a bevy of one hitter quitters on people, spinning back fists, spinning back elbows, the black mass, uh, big knees. Just have him knock people out.
1: Yeah, and have it that the story is, or the, or the his character is build up, whatever you want to say, is that he can knock his opponents out in numerous different ways. And you yeah. need to give him like a top star, as well as all the, you know, the jobbers and the mid-carders that he's gonna knock out in those last few weeks before the match, you have to have him do it to someone big. I don't know who, but someone who's got that name value that really takes it up a level. But yeah, I think I'd like to see him but I think him versus the fiend would be special.
0: They they um, do have a few people that they haven't completely marginalized yet. AOP have not been marginalized yet. Viking Raiders. Yet. Although Nearly. it was close with that weird crown jewel loss. Like, yeah, just don't have them in the match. And then you could build up to the greatest tag team in the world versus the tag team champions. Like it's, but then again, they had already beat the OC five times. So. Yeah. They did it all a bit
1: backwards, didn't they? Yeah. Um, OC is another team which is wasted, in my opinion, Um, as a tag team, I mean. Sure. So um, just to finish off, what do you think, or should I say, do you think CM Punk will wrestle at WrestleMania?
0: I do. I do think he will. Do you think he'll be in the Rumble? I don't. But the funny thing is, he left WWE in part because he was scheduled to face Triple H at WrestleMania. If they face each other at WrestleMania, that is main a legit main event of the show. Can
1: you, can you imagine the promos? If they let him I do like a shoot-style promo, be
0: unbelievable stuff. And Triple H's promos would be good yeah. because he would come on there and say, you, know, you bitch about – Part timers, you bitch about all this stuff. You bitch about time off. You took all this time off. You're a part timer, and you came back looking for a match, just like all those people you bitched about. Meanwhile, I've been the one here every day. I even uh, even though I haven't been wrestling, I've been here every day. I've launched a new brand since you've been gone.
1: Yeah. Like
0: it'd be so beautiful, cool. beautiful. It will be amazing. Um,
1: how would you start that feud? Like, what what would be your, when CM Punk first appearance on WWE kind of TV, how would you begin it?
0: Well, it would depend on the brand, because they have firmly established NXT as Triple H's brand, but he is not an NXT star. So I would maybe have him just, you just do the old interrupt interrupt promo thing. This is a situation where it works. Triple H is out there saying something. And then cult of personality hits, and the place goes banana.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing I suppose. Neither neither one of them's on any particular brand, so they yeah. could do it wherever. They are positioning the brands very interestingly at the moment, because obviously NXT is for, for, for years now has been like the development brand where you they they're getting the the, the up and coming stars ready to go to Raw and SmackDown. Whereas, obviously, that's changed now. And since the brand split, I look at the the rosters, I look at the booking, and Raw very much feels like this brand of young wrestlers who they are preparing for years down the line, the likes of Ricochet, Carrillo. um, There was a couple of others which I completely gone a blank on. If you've
0: watched my show, you know I am not sold on Carrillo. No, no, no. Man.
1: What I mean is, from a from a like an age and a potential point of view, it feels like that's what they're doing with Raw. Yeah, yeah. and then they've added some experience. Then they've got like your AJ Styles and your 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 Randy Ortons, and it's is. I find it very interesting because for so many years Raw has been that flagship show, and I feel like SmackDown is very much there in their eyes, the A show. Um, so it's interesting that what they're doing with it,
0: um. Carrillo needs to team. I mean, I don't know how many people know that he him and Angel Garza are cousins, but okay. you want to talk about a guy he could learn from, he could learn a lot from Angel Garza. Special he is, isn't he? Oh, Angel Garza is going to be awesome. Angel Garza should be in the spot that Carrillo is in right now. If they wanted a Hispanic young star up there to impress people, it should have been Angel Garza. But the difference is, Angel Garza is 5'9". Humberto Carrillo is 6'1". It's what That's I take it. out of it. Absolutely. And he's, he's just entertaining. He's good in the
1: ring. He's got that special something. Um, so just one last question to finish off there, mate. Um, do you think when, whenever they do the next brand, I think they'll do when on probably post-WrestleMania, will NXT be involved, fully fledged in the brand? Uh, in the draft sorry i said brand and
0: the name. shake up whatever they do i think so it's gotta i think be, it, it is i think so yeah and i think the shake up will be a bit reduced i think it'll be fewer people because they pretty much switched half the rosters out last time yeah. also they bastardized it it sucked <laughs> <laughs> oh. superstar shake up my god pile of shit that was and um, what
1: i would like to see is them swap some top stars and some upper mid card stars who have got the potential to be top stars um so for instance maybe if it was now you would move drew mcintyre to smackdown but not just move him and do the same stuff with him move him to smackdown and push him straight into the title picture make him go on a tear and make him a, a top star or a ricochet um yeah. so like you're trying to Elevate people instead of just moving them sideways to do the same thing on a different show because that's the pointless. I think Undisputed Era goes SmackDown. I think it sounds like is going to be staying on Raw, uh, staying on NXT from what he said on that podcast. However, workers be working.
0: That's all I yeah. would say. I'll say this the last superstar shakeup, they moved 45 people. Okay, no. That, that. Too many. That's pointless. It's pointless. You don't got to do that. 45 people. How about just 20? Just 15 or 20. That's it. A couple tag teams. You switch them up. A couple of uh, women. You switch them up. Maybe three. Maybe four or five guys. That's it. Like just shake up. Not completely scrambled and cracked on the wall like, it was, it was such a mess. It was such a mess.
1: And The thing is, when
0: you move that many stars,
1: it's not even a shake-up because they end up just feuding on the other show. The same people. Um, yeah, so it's exactly. Kind of poisonous. You've got to keep it measured. and I don't know. You know WWE. Indeed. So, tell people, Sean, where they can find you. Fight for, fight for select. All that good shit.
0: Fightful.com, it's our main site, covers everything. Fightfulwrestling.com is where you guys want to be. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, but fightfulselect.com is the way to support us directly. Lots of extra shows, lots of exclusive news. It's a lot of fun. Indeed
1: it is. Uh, guys, you can find me on Twitter at AceCast_Nation. Nation. Obviously, Facebook.com slash AceCastNation as well. We will uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel youtube.com slash ace podcast nation that's the kind of best way to support me at the moment as we keep trying to grow we're growing all the time the audio downloads have been amazing recently and i can't thank you guys enough i really am grateful i did not expect to be hitting the kind of figures that i've been hitting with the audio downloads within less than a year uh so thank you all thank you sean and uh, guys look out for my uh unscripted uncensored show with UFC star Brett Johns which is going to be out at the end of this week or uh, will be the end of this week because it's recorded but look out for it because it's uh, very very interesting and a lot of fun Sean thank you very much mate and uh, guys thanks for listening and watching and we'll see you next time Podcast Network.